I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Montessori Talks. My name is Letty Rising, and today's topic is going to be about interrupting the elementary child at work. So this question comes up frequently with elementary teachers wondering, is it okay to interrupt a child who's working to bring them to a lesson or to have a conversation with them? Because we know that we want to protect the child's work cycle from interruptions. And we also know that particularly in the early years, we are definitely not wanting to interrupt their concentration when they are under the age of six, because a big part of Montessori at that age involves making sure that they are developing their powers of concentration. So we take great care not to do it at that age. So because there's such an emphasis on not interrupting children at work, that tends to translate to people thinking that that is true for the elementary years as well. But is it really true? So we're going to investigate this a little bit today in this particular podcast episode. So one thing we want, we know is that we really talk to our colleagues or our administrators a lot about resisting the urge to pull the children from the classroom for remediation. So we're trying not to pull the students out of the classroom during the work cycle. In fact, a lot of people in schools have have adopted the idea of pushing in, which means bringing people into the classroom to work with children during the work cycle so that they can be a part of the work cycle with everybody else. Another thing that we try to resist doing is dropping specialists into the middle of the work cycle. So just bringing in art teacher, music teacher into kind of interrupt what's happening and start giving a lesson to everybody or stopping everybody at once. And so those kinds of things, when they do happen, tend to happen you know, in the afternoon or they happen at the end of a work cycle, but we don't do that you know, in the middle of a work cycle, stop everything for music class. Another thing we tend to not do in Montessori Elementary is to stop mid-work cycle and announce it's time for recess or it's time for snack. These are things that are typically done in traditional settings, but we don't do that. And there are a variety of reasons why we don't do that, because we want to make sure that our students are getting enough time to go deep into their work without that interruption. Now, recently, we've been in the middle of a pandemic, and a lot of people have had to change the way that they do things. So it might be that some of these things are actually happening right now, but they should hopefully be temporary changes, and you'll be able to go back to a long interrupted work cycle. So we allow children the opportunity to self-regulate during the work cycle by allowing them to determine for themselves 
if they are hungry or if they need to get up and move around a bit more before returning to their work. This is not only important for freedom, but it is also a crucial aspect of independence that we want to see grow in every child. So we aim to create an environment with minimal interruptions in order to enable optimal conditions for flourishing. So we want to balance offering presentations to our students with honoring independent work, because obviously, as an elementary teacher, you're going to need to be delivering lessons, right? You are delivering lessons. That's part of your responsibility as a teacher. And if you are a primary teacher or children's house teacher, you are also delivering lessons, but there is not the same societal expectation that children know certain academic things by a certain time in comparison to the elementary years. So we have to make sure we are honoring that uninterrupted work cycle, but then also giving lessons to the children. So how do we do that? Some folks might say that the purpose of a lesson is to disseminate new information. And other people might say that the purpose of a lesson is to spark interest and sow seeds of knowledge. If this is the case, then we should offer these things to the children. Otherwise, the children would be engaging in independent work, but the framework of cosmic education would be missing. However, does the practice of giving a lesson come in conflict with the idea of facilitating a prepared environment without interruptions? So in other words, is it really okay to interrupt an elementary child who is working? So concentration is still important to cultivate at this age, but it's going to look different. During the first plane of development, which is the age zero to six, one of the main objectives is to help the child develop their power of concentration. It is very, very clearly taught in all Montessori trainings for this age group that when children are focused on an object or a material or an activity that we leave them be. However, is this as true For the elementary years, is this notion as cut and dry during the second plane of development as it is for the first plane of development? The assumption can be made that elementary children have already developed those powers of concentration. Therefore, in theory, we should be able to invite them to a lesson, and when they are finished, they can easily return to whatever they were working on. This ability to put their work on pause while attending to a presentation is something that most elementary children can successfully do. So for those who hold on to the notion that we cannot interrupt the child to give them a presentation, just know that this is an accurate and very important assumption to make for a younger child, but not for an elementary child. However, there are some times when an interruption may not be in the child's best interest, and you will not want to interrupt the child. And here are a few examples that I can think of. The child is a young elementary child and their concentration isn't fully developed. 
So you might have a five and a half year old or a just turned six year old coming into the classroom and they are still developing their concentration. You may want to make sure that you're considering them as kind of straddling both planes of development. They're partially in the first plane and partially in the second plane. And you're going to want to take care to have minimal interruptions for that child. And so you're going to want to give those children lessons when you can see that they are not concentrating. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Another time that might not be in the child's best interest is if the child is new to a Montessori environment and has never had the opportunity to work on anything uninterrupted for a length of time. So maybe you're going to have a new student or several new students coming from a traditional education into your Montessori classroom, and they are used to being interrupted or having to finish things at a certain time or doing math at this time and language at that time and having things more, I guess, categorized in that way rather than integrated. So you're going to want to give that child time like you would give a child in the first plane of development. You want them to develop concentration. So if they are focusing on something, that might not be the time when you're going to want to interrupt them to give them a lesson. You're going to want to wait till that child is looking up out of the zone, maybe conversing with friends, walking across the classroom and catch them at that time. If they are in the zone, that is not the time to say, let's come to a lesson. Maybe they are a part of a group and you want them to be there and Every once in a while, you're going to need to do that. But if possible, you want to put that lesson off for that child so that they can have an opportunity to to revisit that at another time when they are not in the zone. Another time I can think of when you may not want to interrupt a child during a lesson is that the child has some challenges with attention and you want to offer as many opportunities for focus as possible. So if you see that a child is struggling with attending to something for any length of time, then you're going to want to take great care to not interrupt that child when they are focusing, because that's a special moment for that child. And you're going to want to increase those special moments so that they are able to attend to things for increasingly longer periods of time. So to interrupt or not to interrupt, that is the question. In the elementary environment, presentations are mostly given in small groups, usually around anywhere from two children to six or eight children, if it's a story lesson, usually not more than that. You know, about eight is probably the max for a large group, but you might make some exceptions. Sometimes you might have 10 in your group or something like that. But two to six, two to eight is about, you know, what one would categorize as a small group. So, What if you are planning a small group lesson and the time has come and you notice that one of your students who you intended to invite to the lesson is deeply engaged in some sort of follow-up activity to the fundamental needs of humans lesson that you presented the day before, for example. So the answer to this, which is the answer to many and most things when we ask questions in a Montessori context is... It depends on the child and the situation. So if we are considering a child who is on solid footing in terms of their ability to concentrate, you can invite them to the lesson 
and the child will easily be able to return to work in progress without skipping a beat. Even with the child who can return quickly back to focus after a presentation, you might come to the conclusion that the experience they are having is at the moment of greater value than pulling away for a lesson and instead decide to invite them at a later time. So in other words, you are using observation to inform your decision. Maybe, for example, the child you want to bring over to the lesson who doesn't have any concentration issues, they've been in Montessori for a while, they're seven or eight years old, they'd be easily able to pull them pulled into a lesson and brought back to the original work. Maybe that child is working with a couple of other children who they've been having a conflict with, or maybe that child struggles with some of their social interactions and they are really working deeply with a couple of other children in a very positive and satisfying way. You may say, oh, wow, that is of greater benefit to that child right now than them coming to my lesson right now, because I can easily give them an individual lesson later. I can pair them with other students and give them a lesson. Uh, Maybe I'll give that person a lesson with the students they're working with on that particular project and really reinforce those relationships that are building. So you're going to want to really observe and your observations are going to help you decide on the next steps in terms of what you'd like to do. If you have children who are having difficulty concentrating, let them continue with their focus. Maybe if you have a particular child, for example, who's having a hard time concentrating, you can give the presentation to him later in the morning or in the afternoon or on another day. If it works for the rest of the small group, you can delay the presentation to another time. You can also include the child in another day with a different group of children that hasn't had the lesson, or as I mentioned earlier, you could give it to him solo, or you can delay the presentation to a later time and give another group their presentation, and that might be the ideal scenario. Through the observations that you are conducting in your classrooms, you are noticing patterns. And from those patterns that emerge, you will make informed decisions about how best to proceed. So here's a good question that I know that will perk people's ears up immediately. What do you do when you are met with resistance? So This is something that comes up often. And I often say to teachers that teaching would be supremely easy if there were no resistance involved. If children didn't resist, if they didn't say no or have an opposition or a complaint, then everybody's day would go much more smoothly. But that isn't always the case. There are always a couple of resistant children or instances when typical children are being resistant. Sometimes some children will resist invitations to lessons. You might observe that some children are always seemingly too busy for a lesson, especially those who tend to dive deep into their passion projects. Sometimes these children experience lessons as something that gets in the way of their true work that they want to accomplish. After all, who are we to decide what is the most important things in their lives? We must find that balance between sowing the seeds and creating an environment for child-initiated big work. 
So how do we ensure that we are introducing the elementary child to the exciting elementary topics? Well, we invite them to presentations. And while we have the child who will come willingly and then easily return to work, we also have children who are not that way. For example, you might have a child who will come willingly to a lesson and then struggle when transitioning back to previous work. You also might have the child who will come reluctantly and then struggle with transitioning back to previous work as well. So they might have it on both ends. How can we support these children who have difficulty with interruptions? So there are a few things we can do to help these children who experience difficulty with transitions, interruptions, and so forth. First of all, you might want to give the lesson first thing in the morning. If they expect that it is coming then, it will become routine. For example, I had a student who was a very reluctant lesson comer. Not that he didn't want to come to lessons, but he got so engrossed in his work that transitioning him out of his work and into a lesson was very challenging. So I made an agreement with that student. Okay, how about every day, first thing, you are going to get a lesson right off the bat. You're going to be number one for your lesson, and then you're going to get that part of your day accomplished. And then you can move on to your other things. And then you don't have to go back and forth between a lesson and your work. Sound good? He was super on board with that. And we kept that up. And it was a wonderful thing because it became routine. He knew first thing he was getting a lesson and checked that off for his day. And then he dove back into whatever interesting projects he was in because he was always interested in something and he would dive into it for a long period of time until he was exhausted and then move into another topic of interest. So another thing you might want to let your students know in the morning is what time they might expect a lesson. So some children do better with times listed. So maybe you have a whiteboard and you write down all of the lessons you plan on giving for the day and at what time. And so for the children who are reluctant to come to lessons because they're struggling with that transition of starting and stopping when they know ahead of time what's happening and what time it's happening, that will help them be much more easily interrupted. You also might want to speak to the child who is struggling ahead of time and let them know that you are planning to invite them to a lesson once a day and just collaborate with them on when would be the best time of day for that lesson. For example, earlier, I talked about the child who I'm going to hit up first thing right away off the bat in the morning. However, you know, you might be having different kinds of negotiations with other children and say, so So Angie, I'm going to be giving you a lesson every day. Is there a particular time of the day you would like for me to call you to the lesson? Now, I wouldn't actually ask every single student this because you're going to create a situation that would be complicated for yourself. But if you have a few or a handful of students who seem to struggle with that transition, collaborating with them on a time is a really great idea. And then you just know, okay, 
Angie is great having lessons right before lunch. And because she knows that it's going to be lunchtime, she's finishing up with her, her big work. Or another thing is, oh, she gets really fatigued around 1030. She wants to have her snack. And so we're going to make sure that she has her lessons every day around 1030. So that's another thing you can think of. So another great strategy that works for me when I'm interrupting children to give them a lesson is to give them a five to 10 minute heads up saying something like, okay, in 10 minutes, I'm going to be inviting to you to this presentation on congruent, similar and equivalent figures. So letting them know in 10 minutes, I'm going to be inviting you to a lesson gives them sort of that sufficient heads up. So that's it's in their mind. So they're primed for when you come over later on and say, okay, spend 10 minutes. So now it's time to come on over. And I can't wait to show you this exciting lesson that I have for you. So let's talk about, is it an interruption or is it shifting gears in the elementary environment? While we want to honor and protect children from interruptions, the act of focusing on an activity or project, then putting a pause on that particular area of focus, then returning to the activity or project is a skill that we want to actively cultivate. I mean, after all, as we grow into adulthood, we're going to be doing that. We have to shift our focus numerous times throughout the day and This is something we have to get better at. And the elementary years are a great time to teach these kinds of executive functioning skills or help them practice it so that they get better at it. With some children, you can trust that you can interrupt them in the middle of their clay rendition of the layers of the earth or their diorama of ancient Egypt knowing that they will be able to return to their activity with little to no trouble. However, some children still need more of the first plane approach. Their concentration is still fragile and breaking focus to attend to a presentation will likely derail their efforts to attend to the task at hand. For these children, you will want to protect those long, uninterrupted periods of concentration because they haven't yet developed the capacity to easily shift gears from one activity to another, then back. And over time, with opportunities to connect with the materials and the environment, the child's ability to switch back and forth between engaging in concentrated work and attending to presentations will grow. That is it for this episode of Montessori Talks, and I look forward to having you join me for another episode in the future. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trilliummontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.